Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. There in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, give me your attention, were beaten, remember? And they were thrown in prison. The prison was in Philippi. And there they are, beaten, thrown in prison in Philippi. And they are in the darkest moment of their ministry. And in the darkest moment of their ministry, beaten, bloodied, bruised, in a dark, damp, dirty, dungeon in Philippi, in the darkest moment of their ministry, the Bible says that they weren't sulking, they were singing. They were worshiping. And remember we talked about that they turned the jail cell into a sanctuary of praise. And we talked about their low point became their turning point. And saints, listen, perhaps you're here and you're at a low point in your life. We've all been there. A low point can, will become your turning point. Say amen, saints. Good. We know because God loves his people. And God is always listening. It's a word for someone. God is always working things for your good and his glory. So, your low point will become your turning point. That's what we talked about the last time. So, Paul and Silas are in prison and they're singing and they're worshiping. And the Bible tells us that the prisoners who were also in prison... They heard them and they listened. Remember we talked about that word listened in the Greek language literally means to listen with rapt attention. Like you would a new CD. You would get that new CD and you would listen to that thing with rapt attention because you're learning the words and you're learning the songs. Well, these guys were listening. Other prisoners were listening with rapt attention. And while they were singing, the Bible says suddenly the earth began to shake and the prison was shaken and the doors were open and everyone's chains fell off. And when the prison guard woke up and he saw the doors open, we talked about this. He drew his sword. He was about to kill himself. But Paul called out to the garden. He says, hey, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. Man, that Roman guard, he was so affected. He looked at Paul and Silas and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, tithe. (laughs) Is that what he said? Paul says, 
believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. And it was at that point that he believed on the Lord Jesus and he was saved and his whole household was saved. And it was at that time then Paul went back to the house of Lydia. Remember Lydia? Lydia, the seller of purple, the businesswoman. Paul went back to her house and the first Calvary Chapel of Europe was started. In Europe. Well, that's where we left off. Well, let's pick up in Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. And when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, say that three times, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And then Paul, as his custom was, he went into them and for three weeks or for three Sabbaths, notice this, saints, underline this in your neighbor's Bible. He reasoned with them from the scriptures. He was explaining to them from the scriptures and demonstrating from the scriptures that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them in verse 4 were persuaded and a great multitude of devout Greeks, not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Paul and the boys made their way from Philippi along a Roman road known as the Ignatian Way. If you're taking notes, you know I encourage you to do so. We'll talk more about taking notes next week. Come out. Paul and Silas are traveling on a Roman road known as the Ignatian Way. Uh, Let me spell it. E-G-N-A-T-I-A-N. E-G-N-A-T-I-A-N. The Ignatian Way. The Ignatian Way, as I said, was a Roman road that actually tied the Roman Empire together. It was a very long road. This road was probably about... 500 miles. This road went clear across to Macedonia. So the Romans now, they built this road for commerce. They built this road for military pass, if you will. It's very interesting that the road that the Romans built, think about this the other day, the road that the Romans built, the Ignatian Way, and they built it for commerce, They built it for military pass is the same road that God uses for the preaching and the spreading of the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. You see, man, we we think we know what we're doing. We think we got it going on. We build our roads and we do our thing and we think this is what I want to do. This is for my plan. I'm sure Rome thought, hey, this is for my plan, commerce and military. This is for my plan and for my purpose, not realizing that God is in heaven. Had you ever thought about this? God is in heaven always, saints, underscore always, puppeting the affairs of men. That's why I don't get caught up in election time. Thank you, sister. I don't get caught up in election. People, who you vote for? Who you gonna vote for? What's going and voting issues and and that's the writing. You need to do a sermon on voting for the right issues and all of this stuff. I'm like, I don't get caught up in all that. You know why? 
Because I know that God is in on the throne. I don't care who's on in the White House. I don't care who's in the White House. God is on the throne always. God is always puppeting people, countries, nations, for his plan and for his purpose. The Romans, they thought, hey, we're building this road, and this road is for commerce. We're going to make some money. The Romans thought we're building this road, and we're going to have military paths so that we can control the entire world. And God is like, yeah, you can think that. God's using this same road. He will to preach the gospel, the spreading of the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. Well, in our text, they're traveling on the Ignatian Way. They pass by Amphipolis, which is 32 miles from Philippi, and then Apollonia, which is another 28 miles, and then they come to Thessalonica. Did you notice that? Thessalonica, if you're taking notes, is a seaport city. It's about a half million people. It's located in northeast Greece, and today on your maps, you can find Thessalonica listed as Salonica. On your map, you can see Salonica. That's the city of Thessalonica or Thessalonica. Paul arrived, notice in our text, in Thessalonica, and as was his normal practice, he goes right into the synagogue and he begins to preach the gospel. He goes into the synagogue, he preaches the gospel, he stays in Thessalonica for three weeks, or the Bible says for three Sabbaths. And isn't it interesting, in three weeks, Paul established a church in Thessalonica. How do you know that? Because in your Bibles, in the New Testament, you fast forward in your own time, you'll see two books. One is called First and Second Thessalonians. Amen? Paul, man, he, you know, he's there for three weeks and he establishes this church. And it's an awesome church. It's a new church. I'm going to point this out and then we're going to move on. It's a new church. You look at the book of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians and you will see that Paul talks quite a bit about the return of Jesus. He talks quite a bit about the second coming of the Lord. He teaches them about the rapture of the church. That someday the Lord is going to come in the clouds and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He talks about the Harpazio, the rapture of the church. Now, mind you, he started this church just three weeks, which tells us that Paul is preaching this very deep and heavy subject of eschatology. That's your word for the day. The study of end times, eschatology. Paul is teaching end times events to very new Christians. There are lots of folks. Oh, we don't need end time stuff. After all, I mean, that's just deep. That's deep and heavy stuff. New Christians, they don't need to know all that. Listen, Paul preached it to new Christians. Saints, we need to be preaching the return of Jesus Christ at any moment. I can't believe only 20 people agree with that. (laughs) Amen? Amen. New Christians, they can't tolerate that. Yeah, they can. You'd be surprised what you can learn because you have the Holy Spirit living within you. People want to shy away from that. Paul's teaching a very new church. 
It's only three weeks old and it's a bunch of new Christians. They never had a church there before. He gets into Thessalonica and he preaches the gospel and teaches them. Now, I want to point out something, especially for you preachers, for you teachers. Listen to this. I want you to take careful note as we look at our text in verse 2 and 3. I want you to take careful note of Paul's preaching style. Three things I want to point out to you. If you're taking notes, now is the time to start writing it down. Number one, talking about Paul's preaching style. You need to see this. Notice in verse 2, it says he was there for three Sabbaths. And number one, notice he reasoned with them. You see that? And then secondly, you want to notice in verse 3, he was explaining to them. And then thirdly, he demonstrated that Jesus Christ had to suffer. Notice Paul's preaching style. Number one, he reasoned with them. Number two, he explained to them. And then finally, he demonstrated. Notice point number one, he reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Now, give me your attention. This is huge. You got to hear this. You got to understand it. When the Bible talks about Paul reasoned with them from the scriptures, he is talking about from the Old Testament scriptures. The New Testament had not been written yet. So when the Bible says that he reasoned with them from the scriptures, we are talking about from Genesis to Malachi. We're talking about the Old Testament. Now, I bring that to your attention because I personally, I am an Old Testament believer Amen. and a New Testament believer. Amen. Amen. I believe in the whole Bible, not a Bible full of holes. Amen. Say amen, saints. Amen. And, and there are lots of people who will tell you, you know, we don't need the Old Testament. Now, all the Old the blood and Leviticus and all this stuff, who cares about? We don't need all that. I'm in the Old Testament. I'm not in the Old Testament. I'm into the New Testament. Listen. I'm into both Testaments because Jesus was into both Testaments. Remember, Jesus said in John chapter 5, right around verse 39, he said to the Pharisees, he said, you do search the scriptures and in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. Jesus was telling the Pharisees, listen, when you study the Bible and you read the scriptures, you have to understand that the scriptures and the scriptures that Jesus is talking about is the Old Testament scriptures. Amen. Jesus said the Old Testament scriptures speak of him. You fast forward to the, to the book of Hebrews and you find that Jesus says, lo, I've come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. We have to understand that Jesus can be seen throughout the entire Bible. We can show you Jesus in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. So when Paul reasoned with this church, he is reasoning from the Old Testament scriptures. He's reasoning from the Old Testament. Saints, listen, our faith as believers, our faith is reasonable. Our faith is reasonable. Being a Christian is an intelligent thing. Yes, Amen. Amen. I like that. My mama used to always tell me, don't be hanging out with no dummies. That was mother wit for y'all, you know. Mothers just keep it down there where you can get it, you know. Mother's, mom said, don't be hanging out with no dummies. You know what? Hanging with the church, you ain't hanging with a bunch of dummies. The Christian faith is an intelligent faith. And I think far too often we think in the church today when people come walking through the door, somehow we need to check our brain at the door because you won't need that thing anymore. Yeah. 
Because it's all by faith, man. It's all spirit. It's all spirit. It's all spirit. You know, I, I came from a church where you walk out the door, you be, oh, the spirit. Did you feel the spirit? Spirit was high. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get a witness? Woo! Ooh, the spirit was high. Y'all know what I'm saying. It was all spirit, man. Wasn't the word, but it was all spirit. Don't know what kind of spirit. Where that come from? I don't know where that came from. Stop it. But it was this all spirit, and it was no no word. And, And so don't misunderstand me. When we become Christians, we have to come by faith. Because it does take faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But our faith, our Christian faith, does not stop in this area of faith. Becoming a Christian is not some leap in the dark. It is a very intelligent thing to become a Christian because we serve an intelligent God. God is intelligent. And God calls his people to study his word. Guys, that's what we do here at Calvary Chapel. Our services are designed so that we study the word. And I can't tell you how many people have come to the church and they've been here two, three, four months and have come up to me after service and said, Pastor Rodney, I learned more in four months than I learned in 40 years. Can I get a witness? I learned more. I'm going to tell you something. The first time I walked in Calvary Chapel, I learned more in one service than I had learned in five years of being a Christian. I couldn't believe it. I said, you mean people actually read the Bible? (laughs) I didn't know. Sometimes we carried it. (laughs) But I mean, actually crack that thing and read it. Well, well, maybe not, because it's all spirit. (laughs) I didn't know. Our faith is a reasonable faith. It makes sense to be a Christian. Present your body, Romans 12, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. This thing called Christianity is reasonable. It's just smart to be a Christian. Somebody should clap their hands. Would you do that? It's smart. It's not all, well, it's all spirit. It's all just a leap of faith. Listen, there's something very intelligent. It's intelligent. Hey, we've already read it. You can hear something intelligent for you. We can look in the Bible and its locations we can still find on the map today. I've been to Israel five times. And I'm just amazed at how many things the Bible speaks of. That, that's why going to Israel is an education. Because how many things that the word speaks of and you go there and you go, oh yeah, that's, 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 that's there in Judges. And oh yeah, this is where Jesus walked. And oh yeah, this is the Via Della Rosa. And there's, there's, there's Golgotha. And there's the garden tomb. All of these things can still be found. This is a very reasonable thing for us Christian folks. Amen. It's intelligent. It's wonderful. But some of the cults, <laughs> it's just not reasonable. Amen. Love you mean it? It's not reasonable. Some of the locations in some of these Bibles and cult Bibles, they're not found. Where are these places? The Christian faith 
is a reasonable thing. And saints, listen, when you are sharing your faith or reasoning with people, reason from the scriptures. Even if, watch this, even if they don't believe the scriptures. You know, so often Satan will tell us, you know what, they don't believe in the Bible anyway. So, I mean, you know what, don't even talk to them because they don't even believe the Bible. They don't believe in the Scripture. It's kind of like circular reasoning. I mean, you've got to start from this thing of reading the Bible, understand, believing the Bible is the Bible before you can actually tell people that they're doing something wrong or sin or God loves them because the Bible says so, but they don't believe in the Bible, so let's just not even use the Bible. That's a lie from Satan. Listen, I don't care if you believe God's Word or not. God's Word is true. Let God be true and every man a uh, That's the Word. And listen, when you... Reason from the scriptures, even when people don't believe the scriptures, the Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God's word is living. Therefore, even if they don't believe the word, you use the word and watch the living word go to work on their hearts. Amen. How do you think you got saved? That's how I got saved. Brother, I didn't believe the Bible. And the brother began to share with me the word. He began to share the things of God. We use the word of God because God's word is powerful and God's word is living. So share reason from the scripture. That's what we find in Paul's preaching style. Point number two, talking about Paul's preaching style. Notice he was opening or explaining. Look at verse three. In the New King James, it says explaining. In the New King Jimmy, it says opening. Opening, opening. You know, there are two other times in the New Testament that this word open is used spiritually speaking. The one time we just looked at it a couple weeks ago, it's in Acts chapter 16. The Bible says the Lord opened Lydia's heart. There's another time in the Gospels, in Luke chapter 24, as Jesus, you know the story, is on the road to Emmaus with the disciples. And it says that Jesus opened to them the scriptures. In other words, Jesus had taken them on an accelerated study from Genesis to Malachi, showing how it was prophesied that the Messiah would suffer and die for the sins of the world. And when Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 24, opened the word to them, their hearts burned within them. I love that. I love that. Love that. Love that. Love that. Amen. Amen. You ever read the Bible in your heart? burns within you because the word is powerful the word is alive and Jesus took him to a Bible study can you imagine having a Bible study with Jesus and that's a Bible study y'all and that's, you're going to learn something and he opened the scriptures and their hearts burned within them and Paul did the same thing in Thessalonica he opened and explained the scriptures now saints listen When you're sharing your faith and you're opening the scriptures and you're sharing your faith with people, please do not use Christian ease. This is not a good thing. You know, Christian folks, we got our own language. I mean, we just use Christian ease and we all know what we're talking about because we're in the same circle. You know, we talk about being fired up for Jesus. We all understand being fired up for Jesus. But if you're talking to a non-believer and you tell them, you say, you know what, look, look, listen, you need to be on fire for God. <laughs> you 
talking to a non-believer, he's like, on fire? What do you mean on fire? I don't want to be burnt up. What does that mean? What's this Christian? Oh, you start talking about, you know, you need to be covered in the blood. He's like, no! I don't want to be covered in blood. That's gross. See, non-Christians, they don't understand all this Christian ease stuff. Listen, make it simple. Talk plain. Explain open the scriptures keep it simple and basic where they can get it you know my pastor told me one time i'll never forget this he said rodney when you're preaching the word put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them you understand that say amen that means bring it down we get the christian but we get talking about oh we were saved sanctified feeling the thrill with the precious holy ghost and that with fire well what 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 was that speaking in tongues what is that No, don't use Christianity. Explain it. Amen. Tell them what it means. Jesus was like that. He was God. And if it was anybody who could wax theological, it would have been Christ. <laughs> but he didn't. He said, Nick, who came to him at night. Nick. Sorry. <laughs> Can't help it, man. Give me. Nick, thank you, sister. And, uh, Nick came to Jesus. Jesus said, Nick, marvel not, I say to you, you must be born again. Nick scratching his head. I can't figure this out. I'm an attorney. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm a Pharisee. I'm a leader. I can't figure this out. He's standing there scratching his head. And Jesus said, Nick, don't try to figure it out. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.